November the 28th, 2023, Romans chapter 14, judgment-free unity. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ, and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just, with all things being relational. Family, it's a fantabulous Tuesday morning, and Father God, we just like to thank you. Thank you for another opportunity that you've awakened us, Father. You've prepared our minds and our hearts to receive of you this day our daily bread. We look forward to basking in your presence, being a witness, a light to those that are around us, and allowing you to receive the honor, the praise, and the glory, for indeed, you deserve it. And family, we thank you. Thank you today. Thank you for allowing me into your space, into your moment, into your quiet time, into your life, sharing life with you, and especially this moment that you share with the Almighty God, our Father, our Lord, our Savior. Thank you. It's a privilege, it's an honor, and I do not consider it light. We're continuing this word, Romans chapter 14, and and let me first thank you for your understanding of the misspoken chapter 12 yesterday instead of chapter 13. It was indeed chapter 13 that was read, but I said 12. Today we are reading chapter 14, continuing in the gospel in our new life. We talked about spiritual lens in, in chapter 12 and, and learning how to discern what God is saying as we practice yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yesterday in chapter 13, we spoke about being governed by love, knowing all that we do, we do governed by God, who is love himself. Today, family, we are focusing on promoting and ultimately sustaining unity within the body of believers as to create, as to not create a stain on the body of Christ to those outside looking in. Furthermore, we are to love one another because Christ first loved us even while we were yet sinners. And he is our example. So Holy Spirit, we ask, speak to us today as you spoke to Romans and Paul some thousands years ago. Romans chapter 14, judgment-free unity. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. 
For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. Judgment, free unity. God is truly good. And wow, Paul begins, he begins the chapter with a clear command for us to accept those who are weak in faith. But he adds an interesting caveat. We are to accept these weaker believers without quarreling over opinions. Why did Paul think it was important to include this warning? Those who are called to accept a weaker brother or sister are, by implication, stronger in regard to their faith. In verse 2, Paul provides a practical example of the stronger having faith to eat anything, including meat sacrificed to idols, without raising issues of conscience, whereas the weaker, perhaps still weary of the law, eats only vegetables. In verse 3, he provides the rationale for this caveat, in that people have a tendency to look down on, literally despise those who behave differently than they do whether eating or refraining from eating. 
The picture Paul paints is not one of people who are unwilling to accept others into fellowship, but one where the stronger believer judges or despises the weaker based on the restrictions of the weaker's conscience. The quarreling over opinions that Paul mentions in verse 1 suggests that the stronger believer has ulterior motives for accepting the weaker, like changing their view on a matter. If the stronger ones are convinced their position is more godly and righteous, they might think it reasonable to correct the weaker ones, to offer proper guidance on the matter in order to help them to be strong also. Think of the effect such behavior would have on a church fellowship, or perhaps you have already experienced it. We find that Paul's exhortation to accept those who are weak in faith comes with a caveat, but not for the sake of quarreling about opinions. It is not enough, family, to accept someone conditionally with the view to changing them. If this is the motive for acceptance, then the acceptance is not genuine. So here, the question is posed. Why is it that we should accept those who are weaker in faith without disputing with them over debatable matters? Answer because God has accepted them. There may be issues that need to be addressed, yes, but our acceptance of fellow believers must not be based on the level of one's faith. Think about this, when, when new believers come into our lives, whether new in the faith or new to us, Paul's command and caveat in verse one provide clear direction against receiving them without ulterior motives. If God has accepted that person, then that should be good enough for us. Yes, scripture does give clear warnings like, like those Paul gives in Acts chapter 20, verse 28 and 29, to be weary of false believers who will deceive the flock. We need to exercise prudence and discernment. Yet, we also need to leave judgment to God and His Spirit. Furthermore, this this concept holds true in relationship with our family member, co-worker, or significant other. If God has accepted them, who are we not to? When we accept them without the condition of trying to change them, we allow the back and forth exchange, the quarreling to stop after one or two exchanges and then an embrace of acceptance. We are not forbidden from judging or having a difference of opinion, but we are warned that the same measure we use on others will be used on us. Oh, Father God, hallowed be your name. You are our strong tower, our refuge, our banner. Holy Spirit, you are our guide, our guard, our governor. We are imperfect clay in your hand, knowing that in the process of you shaping and molding us, we will likely feel discomfort. Your word tells us that no chastisement in the moment seems joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. 
So Father, in our imperfection, we may seek to change someone, judge someone, or correct someone with the wrong motivation or attitude. We may hold a a pious, self-righteous attitude that we are better than the next person, and we are not. Your word tells us not to think of oneself more highly than we ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Therefore, Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us to lean on you, that we might decrease while you increase. It is not easy, Father God, to to give another their way, to accept them as they are, especially when we know we are right and change could only help them. But again, Father God, your word tells us, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. You caution us to be careful of how we judge, for the same measure that we use to judge will be measured back to us. We love you, Lord, and we love the body of Christ Jesus that you have made me a part of. And I will forever be mindful to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit so so that I can love the way you have designed for me to love. I bless you, Lord. I love you and I honor you and praise you in the mighty and precious name of your son, Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. Thank you. Glory, hallelujah. My Lord, God is truly good family. Be encouraged on today. Let this word Let it marinate in your mind, in your heart. Let it take you throughout your day, throughout your night. Bask in the presence of the Lord. Let the Lord know that indeed you are his servant and you are willing to go through whatever need be to be the light to the dark world. And those of you, my friends, soon to be family, I know that if you heard this word on today, you may not clearly understand, you may have in your mind that you need to change others, that you need to help them out. But God has called us to be witnesses of his love and his grace. And sometimes we may not understand his words clearly and it's because of sin. Sin has blocked and blinded us all at some point in our lives. But God said, if you confess your sins to him, he is faithful, he is just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened, your ears shall hear, you shall taste and see that the Lord our God, he is good and he is worthy to be praised. And we wanna walk with you family, this journey was not made to be walked alone, it was made to be shared with and in community. We love you. Indeed, we do. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, 
be a blessing to those around you. Glory, hallelujah.